Well, hey, great to see everybody today. Glad you're here. You could clap for somebody who made it to church the first weekend of the new year. Hey, if, uh, if you're new with us, my name's John. I'm lead pastor here. I'm so glad that you came and you picked the perfect time to come. This is the first weekend of a new message series called Shape It. And this series is going to last four weeks, but it has the capacity, if you'll take to heart what we dive into, to, to change some things in your life. And if you are here for the first time today, I would ask you to consider uh, maybe making a commitment. And the commitment would be simply this, that you would decide, all right, for the next four weeks, I'm going to be here. Or if I have to be out of town, I'll get it online. But make an investment in your own spiritual growth for a month and, and see what God might do with that. And the other thing is there's an invite card on your seat and maybe there's a friend up the street or uh, down the hallway or whatever, and you might invite them and see what God would do in their life as well in this series. So, uh, I got a question for you. How many of you have a collection of any kind at your house or in your home, some kind of collection? Anybody have a collection? Anyone? Anyone? You know, the collections that we have, some of the collections we have, we got them on purpose. You know, we look for those things. And, and sometimes we get collections that just like happen, you know, by accident. And, and in our house, we have those, one, uh, a couple of those kinds of collections. And one of those collections started about five or six years ago and came home from uh, I think maybe it was Home Goods or something, and, and she had one of these mugs from Ray Dunn. Any Ray Dunn people? Now's your moment. Shout it out, right? Anyway, she had this mug and brought it home to the house, and then there was like every six months, another Ray Dunn mug would make it into our cabinet until six years later, we have a cabinet full of Ray Dunn mugs. And, and this is awesome, except it creates a little dilemma, because I'm the guy who gets up at five in the morning and starts my day with a cup of coffee. And so I, I make one cup of coffee with this AeroPress thing, right? But before I can do that, I have to open up my cabinets. And this is what happens. I open up my cabinets, and at 5 in the morning, I'm confronted with a terrible decision, you know? And it's too early to make this big of a decision. But the decision is, it's, it, it, it might as well be, what kind of day do you really want to have? What kind of life do you really want to have, right? Because all of these mugs all have a word on them. And every single one of these words is powerful. It's important. Like, you got the think mug or the wisdom mug. But if I choose think, does that mean that there's going to be a lot of problems I'm going to have to work through today? If I choose wisdom, does that mean it's because things are going to be so hard that I wouldn't be able to come up with it? What about create? Or what about happy? That's probably a safe one, you know? But it's not always clean and available, right? So there's snooze, there's patience. Don't touch the patience one. That's like, you know what they say about patience. Don't pray for patience because God will send people into your life that will irritate the snot out of you. And, you know, so I just leave that one. Let it stay. Let it stay. But a couple of weeks ago, I grabbed the one in the middle. It was a snooze, and, I, and I, I made my coffee in it before I realized the gravity of my error, you know? <laughs> like, I, I looked down, I'm like, what snooze? I'm trying to wake up right now. I literally took the snooze mug with my coffee in it, grabbed the think mug back out, poured it into there, because obviously that's what I really needed to do, right? Anyway, I, I'm just messing around, but I think probably a lot of us can relate to this, that the choices that we make have a way of making us, and the choice that, that I make, you know, almost every morning, I, I, I do put energy into this little choice. But what, what I'm kind of sad to admit to you is that it just might be true that I spend more time and energy on the choice of which coffee mug I'm going to use than I do on what I'm going to do with three or four hours of my time. Here's what I'm talking about. I don't know if it was an update on the iPhone or what it was, but I, a couple weeks ago, I swept or swiped you know, the wrong way on the phone. All of a sudden, the screen popped up, and it said, your social media usage today. 
Three hours and 47 minutes. I looked at that, I'm like, what are you talking about? Who, what, who, I don't know how this happened, right? I, I'm sure I'm the only one that's ever had something like this. Some of you are like, three hours, that's all you got? You know? But I, I looked at that and I, I, you know, it was the day after Christmas, so I give myself a pass. It was like a day off, chill, you know. But, I mean, it's not that much better than other days too. And what, what that reflects is a pattern that I have just sort of, accepted or gotten used to and it's not all that good it isn't all that helpful but there it is and it happens to us we allow ourselves sometimes to just kind of get swept along into patterns through choices that we're making that are actually making us and we need to wake up and realize that our lives matter and that the patterns that we are choosing are producing something in our lives. And we've got to evaluate whether that was the product we really wanted or not. And, and I think it's important that we determine together to say it, my life matters, because from God's perspective it does. That's why the scripture, in a sense, says, look, pay attention to the patterns. Don't get just swept along into whatever they're going to be. Pay attention to the patterns. The scripture doesn't necessarily use that exact language, but that is the essence of it. I'm talking about the word of God in Psalm 90, verse 12. And here's what it says. It says, teach us to number our days that we could gain a heart of wisdom. I want you to read this with me. Ready? Say it strong. Teach us to number our days that we could gain a heart of wisdom. Say it one more time. Teach us. Because God is revealing that, that our days matter and what we fill them with matters and it ultimately comes down to patterns that we either get used to that are healthy and good or patterns that we get used to that are jacking us up. And so God's word is saying, teach us to number our days. Another translation, the CEV, puts it a little bit more directly, and it says it like this. It says, uh, teach us to use wisely all the time we have. If that was God's direct word to you, and you had to evaluate yourself on whether you were living that out or not, I mean, how would you do? What I just shared with you very transparently was I failed that test. Three hours and 47 minutes worth of proof, right? But, but God's word nonetheless is, Teach us to wisely use all the time we have. And what that comes down to is the patterns that we're getting used to, the patterns that are setting themselves up in our lives. In this series, uh, we're going to spend some time today in Romans chapter 12. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. But in this series, what we're going to learn to do is to determine that our lives matter. And because they do, we want to shape our lives on purpose. And that means we've got to ditch our tendency for distractions. We've got to abandon autopilot. We've got to determine that we are going to prioritize living our lives on purpose according to God's plans. This is what we are made for. We need to begin to pay attention to the patterns and recognize that the life that we're living is often the result of the pattern that we're choosing. And so with that all in mind, I want us to, to think about the value and the importance of patterns together. How many of you remember being a kid and uh, playing with Spirograph? Anybody remember Spirograph as a kid? You, you, know, you put your colored pencil in there and you just whirl it around and go back this way and go back that way, switch out another color and you make these really cool pictures, all different kinds of you know, colors. And you know what? If you don't like the picture that you're producing, what do you do? You swap out the pattern. 
And there's all of these different patterns that you could choose from, all different shapes, and they'll each lead to a different kind of a picture. And this is what I hope that you would hear today, that the pattern you are choosing will lead to the life that you're producing. And so what are the patterns that you're choosing? And are they producing the kind of picture of your life that you really want to have in the end? Because all of us are going to get to some point down the road, and maybe it's five years, maybe it's 25 years, I don't know, but we will have an opportunity to look back at our picture. And I want us to decide today that rather than looking back with regret, we're going to look back with gratitude because we had a moment where we began to wake up and realize the value of our time and the value of our days, and we decided not to just do whatever, but to be proactive about the patterns that we're living with. So... Romans chapter 12. I want you to turn there now. Romans chapter 12. This is what God's word says. You're there? If you're at Romans 12, say, hey. All right. Thank you. A good number of you. Okay, so here's God's word. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't you wanna know what God's will is? Don't you wanna know what God's plan or purpose is for your life, don't you? Okay, I knew Pastor Christina would be enthusiastic with me today. But listen, all of us, somewhere deep down, we do want this. We wanna know, God, if you're there, what do you have for me? And we can get there. But first, we got to deal with the patterns. You can't leapfrog over that issue of the patterns. The patterns have a way of making an imprint on you. And so you got to deal with the patterns. That's what God's word is calling us to. Again, verse 2. Why don't you read this first part of verse 2 out loud with me? Ready? Go. Say it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we got to deal with today, is the patterns. And some of the patterns have got to go because they are doing something to us. Patterns are important. And patterns are not always obvious. I mean, it's one thing when you're doing a spirograph and it's on the little piece of paper in front of you. You can see it in five minutes. But in your life, it's a little bit more subtle. And, and, and part of the reason for that is the patterns in the world around us are kind of interlaced into the atmosphere in a way. Hey, let me put it like this. Imagine, imagine you decided to go start hanging out in a country music bar. Maybe some of you already do that already, but this is not for you then. But others, and I'm not recommending that you do this. I'm just saying, imagine it, right? Imagine you started going and hanging out in a country music bar. And, you know, you're there and... And you got the twangy sounding music, you got the bullhorns on the wall, you got saddles here and there, you got lots of cowboy boots, belt buckles, pictures of rodeos and horses and, you know, songs about relationships that fell apart and how sad you are. I mean, it's all there, right? That's, and, and the first time you're there, it's just very different. But if you keep coming back night after night for a couple months, you know what, after a while... That stuff is going to make an imprint on you. There's a, there's a pattern about it that ends up making an imprint on you. And before you know it, you're like, hmm, I wonder how much that belt buckle would cost. Should I get the one with the star or the one with my last name initial? And then you're starting to like hum to, you know, Tim McGraw, Luke Combs songs about how sad you are about the relationship that fell apart in your life. You're wondering how much those cowboy boots would cost and should you get them? And, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Like this is, this is the, the reality is that that environment, the atmosphere of it, has a pattern to it and it leaves an imprint on you unless you are aware 
of that and decide not to let that happen, which I recommend. You don't have to buy that belt buckle. That's what I wanted to tell somebody. Anyway, this is, this is what you and I get the privilege of doing. We get the privilege of paying attention to the patterns. And as we pay attention to the patterns and we recognize that not all of the patterns that we've gotten used to are leading us into the life that we actually want, then we do the good work of the soul of shaking free from some of those old patterns. And this is what my message is in a nutshell today, and it's from the heart of this passage of scripture. Shake off the old patterns so you can shape your life on purpose. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna shake off the old patterns so I can shape my life on purpose. Why don't you say this out loud with me? See if it fits for you, say it. I'm gonna shake off the old patterns so I can shape my life on purpose. This is what I hope that some of us will do today. That we'll embrace that there's some patterns that we got way too used to that have got to go. Unless we want them to keep making their imprint on us. Unless we want the product that those patterns lead to. But today is a day of awakening for somebody. And you're going to wake up to some of the patterns <laughs> that have got to get shaken off. And so let me, let me get into this a little bit. What am I talking about when I say the patterns of the world? I'm talking about things like this. Like a pattern that says, ah, just follow the crowd. Do what everyone else is doing. I mean, if everyone else is doing it, it can't possibly be that bad. I'm talking about patterns like just keep your convictions to yourself. Actually, get rid of them. Don't have any. I'm talking about patterns like just focus on what you don't have. Get really discontent about it and ungrateful. <laughs> I'm talking about patterns like Fill your life with noise and distractions. Do whatever you can to just numb yourself out so that you definitely don't think or create anything. I'm talking about patterns like obsessing about your body. I got to do everything I can to make my body look perfect for everyone else all the time. Or the other end of the spectrum, the pattern that says, who cares about your body, whatever. Just eat whatever you want. It's no big deal. Oh, come on, look, half the population is a little more unhealthy than you, so you're pretty good, you know? I'm talking about patterns, like, yeah, just get yours. Fight for number one. Nobody else is going to fight for it for you. I'm talking about patterns, like, yeah, just go ahead and spend that money you don't have on that stuff you don't need. Everybody does that. That's what credit cards are for. I'm talking about patterns, like, yeah, give in to whatever cravings you have. If you crave it, it must be natural. Just get it. I'm talking about patterns, like, yeah, just go ahead and hook up and have sex with whoever you want to. Why not? I mean, these, these and, and many more, right? These are the patterns that some of us need to begin to recognize are leading to a product that isn't the one we want in our lives. And so today's the day of awakening to say, that, that, that's one of the old patterns that I'm shaking off. This is what, this is what the scripture reveals, that that stuff that comes from the world, it doesn't actually deliver what we, we were hoping for. In, in the scripture in 1 John 2.16, it says this. It says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. And read the last part of this verse out loud with me. Say it strong. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. What I'm growing to realize is that more and more what I want in my life is I want the things that come from my good heavenly Father because he wants good for me. And if it doesn't come from him, I don't want it. I want the stuff that comes from God. And so I got to recognize that some of the patterns of this world aren't from him and aren't doing me any good. And it's time to shake some of them off. Let me get a little bit more personal. 
I, I know that, that it's easy to hear this in a, in a sort of 30,000 foot range, but right now I want to get a little bit right down into the weeds for a second. So patterns, right? Let's talk about it in real terms. Patterns like this. Now, your kid says something to you that presses that big old button inside, and, and it's disrespect, it's dishonor, whatever, and all of a sudden you just do the pattern that you've been getting used to. You just escalate, and all of a sudden you're in a full-blown screaming match. But do you like the product that that ultimately leads to? Bitterness, strife, distance, disconnection, detachment. I mean, that's the question we got to ask. Do I really want that product? Because if I could answer that question, it might provide some motivation to actually do the pattern shaking that I need to do. I'm talking about uh, patterns like this. I, I want my finances to be in order, but I also just want to buy this, that, and the other thing. And so I just go ahead and put it on the credit card because, hey, I got a good interest rate, right? Now, but ask the question, does it lead to the product I really want? I mean, because the product of that pattern is, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to pay this balance? Dave Ramsey, help, right? And it gets troublesome. So you got to ask the question, is that really the product I want? Somebody's got to say, I'm going to shake the old patterns. Say that, I'm going to shake the old patterns. I'm going to shake the old patterns. I'm on social media, and just like I am every other day, I see this little hashtag, and I wouldn't be very happy if everybody knew about that hashtag, but I'm going to just go ahead and click, click, click anyway. But do I like the product that it leads to? That sense of secrecy and shame and maybe even addiction. Because if that's not the product I want, I need to evaluate whether I ought to keep giving myself into that pattern. Got to do it. No one else can do that for you and me. We got to do that with our God leading the way. I'm talking about patterns like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it with my spouse, with my wife, with my husband anymore. But oh, oh, when I start texting this one, when I start meeting up privately with this person, oh, I like that. But do you like the product that it ultimately yields? The destruction of relationships, the pain in your daughter's eyes. I mean, you got to ask that question. Do I really want that product? Because if I don't, then maybe I can deal with the pattern and I'm going to shake off that old pattern. Maybe it's, it's this, hey, I just, I've worked hard. I deserve to be able to unwind. I can have a couple of beers, one or two beers, except it's not really. It's more like five or six or seven. And you got to ask yourself, does it, does it really yield the product I want? because I'm all foggy-minded and my ability to perform is completely diminished in every aspect. You know, maybe it's not, and maybe I can evaluate whether I wanna keep engaging in that pattern. You know what, I, I really wanna start this business. It's gonna be great. But you know what, I also really wanna watch all five seasons of this new show. Okay, and then another year goes by, and then there it is again. No, we still never did it. Nope, never started that thing. I was going to go after that certification, do that degree, you know, really seek that promotion, that advancement, but that would take a lot of work. <laughs> hey, don't they say if it's meant to be, it'll come to me. <laughs> Let me just kick back and chill. Okay, does that yield the product that you really wanted in your life? Because we can ask ourselves the question. We have to abandon autopilot. We've got to ditch default mode. We've got to chuck being checked out, and we've got to prioritize living on purpose because our life is going to take a shape. Might as well be proactive about it. This is the word of God to somebody today. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. But, but you know what? I think we got to spend a little bit more time in verse 1. We kind of jumped ahead really quickly, didn't we? And, and I think maybe we missed something. So back to verse 1. Again, it said, therefore, why don't you read this out loud with me? Ready? Say it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The right pattern begins with the right perspective. And the scriptures here show us the perspective that's needed and that helps us most is a perspective that has God's mercy in view. And for a lot of us, we've got some distortions about who God is. And what that leads us to is instead of having God's mercy in view, we have God's anger in view. We have God's judgment in view. We have God's condemnation in view. And it leads us to say things like, I don't even know. I mean, God, the lightning's probably going to strike if I would come to church. You know, things like that. But all the while, God's word has said, come on, get rid of that. That's a lie. Have God's mercy in view. Because if you have God's mercy in view, what you're really catching a glimpse of is the power to be transformed. Because in God's mercy, there's forgiveness. In God's mercy, there's compassion for how you got to that place that isn't so good when, with God's mercy in view, there's, there's empathy for how great the struggle is for you. When you have God's mercy in view, there's compassion. When you have God's mercy in view, there's grace that can flow. And grace is the empowering presence of God to raise you up and lift you up. This is important for every one of us who wants to live our life on purpose. Get the right perspective. Have God's mercy in view. Maybe start today by saying, God, thank you for your mercy. Just say it with me. God, thank you for your mercy. Let that truth push out the lie and let the view be on God's mercy. The right pattern starts with the right perspective, but it also continues with the right presentation. And the scripture said, you present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Now, the language is a little bit cumbersome, right? Present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. But the essence of it is, listen, take all that you are, all that you are. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it in the message translation. It says, take all that you are, your waking up and walking around life, your everyday life, and present it to God. But this is what you and I have to do. We, we, we have to move beyond just being, you know, I'm going to go to church once a week and that'll be my God time. And instead to say, every moment of every day, God, I'm yours. All I am is yours. You want to shape your life on purpose? Best thing you could do would be to give your life back to the ultimate shaper. Because he knows what to do with it. And he's so good as the ultimate shaper that he begins to take the form of who you are and put his imprint on it more and more. And his likeness begins to be reflected in you more and more. And he's so good that he invites you to be a collaborative agent in the shaping process because he's that good. This is who God is. He's the ultimate shaper. Isaiah, the prophet, Isaiah 64, verse 8, prophesied and, and gave this insight that we ought to take to heart. He says, yet you, Lord, you're our father. We're the clay, and you are the potter. We're all the works of your hand. 
I mean, when you really begin to think about it, this is the ultimate reality. That he is the potter, we're the clay, and he's the ultimate shaper. He's the ultimate shaper. Let me ask this question. How many of you are, uh, are surfers? How many surfers? If you're a surfer, would you just raise your hand? Okay, almost nobody. That means this isn't going to make sense to anyone right now, but I'll try anyway. It's like two. <laughs> a few months ago, we decided to get our son a new surfboard. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to go down to Hanson's Surf Shop in Encinitas, even though I did because they have my name. But I wanted to get a good deal, all right? So I got on a little click, 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 find a, you know, thing, and I found this guy that, or this, this shop in Chino that's like a surfboard wholesale shop. And I walked in there and I could not believe my eyes. They had probably three or 4,000 surfboards stacked and they all looked exactly identical. It was clear that they all you know, came out of you know, a factory in China somewhere, something like that. But, and, and what they do is they, they white label them off to local surf shops that slap their sticker on there and sell them for 10 times the price. Anyway, I got to get my son this surfboard for about 170 bucks, brand new, a pretty decent one, right? But here's the thing. The two or three people that just raised their hand would probably not really be all that excited about that particular surfboard. And the reason is that it, 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 there was no soul in its shaping. It just it came out of a factory, just stamp them out. And, and those who are truly aficionados of surfing and surfboards love to have a surfboard that's been made by a shaper who really has a passion for what they do. And in the world of, of surfboards, right, the, you know, the, the most world-renowned surfboard shaper of our time is this guy named Al Merrick. And his son, Britt, is actually a pastor up in Carpinteria. But they, they formed Channel Island Surfboards. And they're the best surfboards in the world. And, and they're all soul, all passion in every board, right? Kelly Slater, one of the most famous surfers out there, rides those Channel Island Surfboards and has won 12 world championships on those the majority of world championships in surfing have been won by Al Merrick's Channel Island surfboards. Why? Because he puts soul and passion and love into the shaping that he does. There's purpose in, in every abrasion with all of that sandpaper or whatever they do with those surfboards. And, 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 and Al Merrick is known as the ultimate shaper of surfboards. And our God is the ultimate shaper of the human life. And the best thing we could do is to take our cue from what we read in Hebrews or, or Romans 12 and offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Say, God, here I am, all of me. Go ahead, shape me. Shape me how you want because you're the ultimate shaper. And when God begins to shape your life, he, he puts passion and love into every aspect of his shaping work and he draws you into the very purpose that he's created you for. But he invites you to be an active agent in the shaping process. And it has everything to do with the patterns. And so what you and I need to recognize is what the patterns that we're choosing are really producing. And ask ourselves the hard question of the soul. Is that really the product I want? Because it matters to ask that question. You know, our God is a God who has, has, has some patterns even to how he interacts with us. And I want to take you to Psalm 18 for just a moment because, it, it, to me, it demonstrates just some of the, the patterns of what God is like and who he is and, and, and how he relates to us. And this is what it says in, in Psalm 18, uh, in verse, verse 25, it says, to the faithful, you show yourself faithful. This is part of God's pattern with us. If you come to him with a little bit of, God, I trust you, 
He comes right back at you with, and I'm here for you, and I will come through. <laughs> That's what this verse is about. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. That's part of God's pattern. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. When you begin to say, God, would you forgive my sin and help me to walk rightly? He comes and shows you his fatherly goodness and raises you up. That's part of his good pattern towards you. The next part of the verse says, to, to the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. That's part of the pattern of who God is that sometimes we'd rather ignore, right? We just want him to be only ever full of unfailing love. We don't want to read about Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> we don't want to even know about that kind of aspect. But this is part of God's pattern. He, to the devious, he will show himself shrewd. Do you know what the implication for me is? Then I think I don't want to be devious. I want to experience <laughs> your goodness and love. Oh, the pattern continues, verse 27. Say this out loud with me because you're getting tired. You're falling asleep. Say it with me. Go. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. Isn't it good news that God saves the humble? I mean, to any one of us, it would have the humility to just admit it sometimes. I can't do this on my own. I don't really have what it takes. Oh, he's so good. He does what for the people who would do that? He saves don't you need some saving in some areas of your life? Then have the humility to say, God, I can't do it. On my own, I need you. It invites his saving power. In verse 28, you, you read this out loud with me. Ready, go. Verse 28. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. That's part of the pattern of who God is and what he does. Anybody got any areas of your life that had gotten a little bit dim and grown a little bit dark? Because the good news is that part of God's pattern of interacting with us is to say, I'm turning the light on. I'm shining brightly right into that. This is what he does. Aren't you grateful? Shout, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that my God turns my darkness into light. <laughs> In verse 29, read this out loud with me. Go. With your help, I can advance against the troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Somebody posted online the other day, with my God, I can scale a wall. John Hansen. I was like, actually, no, that was God. But <laughs> I guess I quoted a lot, right? And, but I love this verse. With my God, I can scale a wall. Because you know what a wall is? A wall is that thing is just impossible. It, you can't possibly make it. You can't get there. It is out of reach. You can't survive it. You can't get through it. You can't do it. But the truth is that with my God, I can scale a wall. With my God, I can make it over that obstacle. The thing that looked so impossible actually isn't because my God reigns over impossibilities. He is the God of breakthrough. It's who he is. Somebody shout amen by now. This is who he is. He's the God who enables you and me to scale those walls. I'm grateful for that pattern of who God is in my relationship with him. And verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. Say that line with me. He shields all who take refuge in him. Some of us need some shielding, don't we? Because stuff's beginning to fly. And if it hits, it's going to hurt. But if you take refuge in him, God's demonstrated this is part of his pattern with you. You, you take refuge in me, I'm going to shield you. So run to him now. Find refuge in him. He's going to do what he said he would do. That's his pattern. He's faithful like that. To those who take refuge in him, he is a shield. And for who is God, verse 31, besides the Lord? Who's the rock except our God? It's God who arms me with strength. He keeps my way secure. We go around feeling like our security is completely dependent on what we're going to do. I have to make it happen. If it's going to be, it's up to me, right? 
And yet the scripture here says, no, 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 my, my security is in God. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. Oh, verse 33, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. God has some good patterns towards us. I love that. He causes me to stand on the heights. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. There was a book back in the day. It was called Hind's Feet on High Places. <laughs> I always thought the title was a little weird. But I love the idea, the truth of it, that, that my God makes my feet like the, like the feet of a deer, like nimble, quick, able to move, able to go up somewhere. And he causes me to stand on the heights. Aren't there some, some mountain peaks you're hoping to rise to, to ascend to in this year? Aren't there some good high places that you hope that you'll be able to achieve this year? Aren't there some peak levels of performance that you would hope that you could finally attain this year? Aren't there any of those things? Then trust in your God. He's the one who enables you once you get there to stand. I'm grateful that, that this is the truth about our God. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. And say this last line out loud with me. Ready? Say it. And your help has made me great. Is that even legal to say? Yes. Your help has made me great. We value in the kingdom community humility and rightly so but almost to an extent where we wonder well are we even allowed to really say that I mean are we supposed to be able to talk about God making us great absolutely we are because when God has made you great the patterns of selfishness and self-aggrandizement and self-focus have been shaken off. And so now the greatness that God has worked in your life reflects a thorough goodness, his power and love flowing through you. It's the best kind of greatness you could ever experience. With your help, God, you have made me great. This is something I'm praying for every one of us, that we would experience an increasing measure of these aspects of who God is. But first, let's make sure we deal with the patterns so that our minds can be renewed. We have a privilege of being able to make it a priority to, to break the old patterns, to shake them off. And I'm hoping and praying that we would. I was thinking about this message this week, and, and I wrote some words about it that uh, I, I want to share with you. And I want to see if maybe it resonates with a few of us, but this is what I've, I'm thinking. This World pattern warping is constantly warring to control my soul inside of me. Its ways are distorting and tempt me with ignoring the spirit by whom I am free. And when I live by ignoring God's ways, I'm deforming into something he never wanted to see. But God's love comes in pouring and my heart starts warming. And his life-changing power is the key. His grace is restoring his image in me according to what Jesus did for me on that tree. So I've started soaring. My life with God, so rewarding. And with a grateful heart, I take a knee because I'm no longer conforming. Now I'm transforming into who God wants me to be. I'm no longer conforming. Now I'm transforming into who God wants me to be. I want you to say this with me. I'm no longer conforming. Now I'm transforming into who my God wants me to be. 
This is the truth for every single one of us. Any day we turn to the living God, I'm no longer conforming. I don't have to be submitted to those old patterns. They don't have to exert their damaging effects on me. I am free and conforming in that freedom. I'm not conforming to the patterns of this world. I'm being more and more formed into the likeness of my God and the character of Jesus is being shaped in me. This is my destiny. This is what God has made for me. This is the reality for any of us. Don't couch yourself out. Don't listen to a message like this and say to yourself, well, that sounds nice for you. You're a pastor. No, the only reason I know anything about what I just shared with you is because every day I wake up and deal with the reality of those patterns. And what I'm learning to do is to more and more often say, God, what are, what are some of the old patterns that I need to deal with, they've got to go. Because for all of us, that's the work of the soul, to ask that question, what are some of the old patterns that I've got to shake off? And then God, would you give me some shaking power? And he will. I was reading the book of Acts this week in the first couple chapters, and this one moment in Acts chapter four, it just you know, jumps out at me. It just, the whole place was shaken because the people of God started praying. I know that God can do some shaking in our lives and help us to do the shaking off of the old patterns. But we got to do a little bit of introspection. We got to turn up the noise, the distractions for just long enough to be able to evaluate. What are the patterns that I've just gotten used to? But are they really leading to the, the picture I, I want in my life? And then name it, that pattern. I mean, maybe there's so many, but can we just pick one? That one, God, help me with that one. And he will. Uh, but uh, let me just share this. You know, the scripture said, uh, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Uh, really what that's about is offering your whole self to God and saying, God, here, here's my life. It's yours. I think for a lot of us as believers, we, we get that and we, we have done that and, and then it's not a stretch to just keep doing that. But for others of us, maybe it's kind of a new idea. Maybe even just being in church, it's been a long time and it's kind of new for us. The essence, the heart of it all is give your life to God. Give your life to God and see what he'll do with it. And, and maybe for somebody today, part of why you're here this moment is so that you can have a spiritual awakening and once and for all give your life to God. God gave his life for you when he sent his son Jesus our sin, our shame, our guilt, it, it, it would create an eternal separation between us and God. It would leave us guilty and owing for it. And God, in his goodness, saw that in all humanity and said, I'm coming in for the rescue, for the lift. And many of us have grabbed hold of the, the lifeline, and he's brought us up. Others of us, we have yet to do that, but today's your day. Today's your day once and for all to finally grab hold of the rescue line of Jesus. And, and to grab hold of the rescue line of Jesus, you're going to have to let go of some junk. Let go of the sin. Turn from it. Decide today to have a transformed mind, a renewed mind. A renewed mind is ultimately about repentance. Repentance is about having a change of mind, of determining that's not the pattern I want anymore. It wasn't doing me any good after all. I want the pattern of God's goodness in my life. And turn to him and ask him for it. Why don't we pray together for a few moments and let's just allow the spirit of God to, 
to work in our hearts to identify some things that maybe need some shifting, shaking. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that in this moment, you would help us to identify some of the old patterns that we need to shake off so that we can shape our lives on purpose. 